Welcome to the Product Guy Podcast, where we discover what it takes to transform an idea or stroke of genius into a product for the masses. It's going to be informative, insightful, and actionable. I'm your host, TFN, the Product Guy. Hey, welcome to the Product Guy Podcast. Today we have an awesome, 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 awesome episode about better recognizing your avatar and what the latest and greatest is in that respect. Before we do though, please go for a special gift to my website, tfnmagre.com slash secret giveaway for a special something, something. I'm not going to tell you what it is. It's a special something, something for you. It's free. Just go get it. Again, that's TFN Magri, my name, dot com slash secret giveaway. I hope you like it. If you don't, let me know. But I, I, I think, I'm pretty sure you're going to like it. It's got good stuff in there. Okay? So let's talk about getting better sales, working with a better avatar, better understanding your customer. We, in this year, we have so much so many options to communicate with customers. It's so important that we're constantly getting their feedback. Most brands that die, that fail, where products um, are no longer relevant is because they fail to innovate. They fail to, to renew their product offering and their categories. And it worked so hard to get all these customers, but they didn't grow with the desires and the needs that their customers did over time. And so what's the solution to that? to constantly pull and survey and get feedback from your customers so that not only do you know what's working, but also what's not working and try to perceive and see what is going to be the future desires of those consumers. And what's critical is that can be the case, you know, when you've been doing business for a long time or when you're about to get started to just kind of understand the landscape and where you want to go, where you want to be. You know, a lot of backlash right now on the iPhone 14, right? People are like, it's too similar. And the consumers don't really know what they want, but they know they don't want the same thing anymore. And so for Apple, that's going to be a, a challenge. They need to identify, wait a second, if the iPhone 14 is too similar to the 13 and the consumers really want something new, what is that? And how are we going to provide that? And how does that look? And I think Apple will figure it out. I'm I'm hopeful they will, though I don't I don't use Apple products personally. I'm I'm hopeful that they'll figure it out because a lot of the world depends on on their goods and services and they their um downline effect and upline effect on sales and products and manufacturing is is really felt on a global scale. That's how significant they are. But but really that's a real world example of how things are. Another one that we're seeing today is how all of the auto manufacturers are pushing EV. The only gas car advertisements or ads that I hear are for pickup trucks and SUVs. Maybe, maybe, maybe luxury, luxury cars. You know, like maybe if I was in that world buying Lamborghinis and Ferraris and all that stuff, I'd see that. But, but, when I look at the auto vehicle space, they're seeing what the consumers want because of the work Tesla did and Toyota for a long time. Got to give them credit. And all of the ads 
are for EVs. Now, the laws are now coming into play saying that's a requirement, but I think consumer interest and desire preface that. People wanted electric vehicles at an increasing rate before the laws, like in California, have mandated people to do that. And the way that Ford or GM or um, Honda or any of the major car manufacturers would know that is by going out and surveying people and collecting data on them. Now, there's a few ways to do that. We uh, recently worked with a digital creator who did just that. She got online, got on her Instagram, had you know 100,000 followers or so, and she did an Instagram story with a survey and said, hey, which would you prefer? The one that's $79.99 or the option that's $179.99? And within about 20 minutes, she had over a thousand responses that said, we would rather pay $179 or $189. I can't remember the exact number, but they would rather pay the $179.99, the better product, more expensive, more accessories, features. They wanted it all. And there were people that wanted the $79.99 target price, but the large majority wanted to pay more. So what did she do? She created that product. And in her first day, she ordered the product, put it on the water. It was on its way. She did a sale saying, you will have this before Christmas. This was about a couple of years ago. Said so you will have this before Christmas. And uh, on her first day, she made, she doubled her money. Just doubled. Done deal. Money in the bank. And that's not only accessible to large creators, but it's also accessible to us as small individuals. If we are focusing on our niche and we know who our avatar is, then we can reach out to those people and get feedback from them immediately in the present and ask them. So let's say you've identified your friend Bob as your ideal customer for this new fishing gadget. I'm really into fishing right now. I'm going fishing in Tahiti in a few weeks. I'm stoked. I can't wait. And so I've been looking at all the fishing stuff and holy smokes, there's a lot to learn and so many good things. I love to fish and I don't know enough and I wish I could more often. But anyways, so let's say your friend Bob is going fishing or, or he's the he's your your ideal customer. Really, your avatar is built around Bob. You know that Bob will buy these jigs, these lures, these reels, whatever it is that you're selling, your good or commodity. You could ask Bob, hey, Bob, what's missing, missing in your tackle box? What, what, what's that one tool or accessory or gadget that you really need, but that either you can't find because it doesn't exist or it's too expensive? There's just not a cheaper better option or there's things that work but they're just so cheap they don't last and so you hate throwing money away on it what's really bob i mean let's be honest what's going to help you catch more fish or that championship fish like what's the difference and that can be true for any product i i think and i know and it's a fact that customers want to tell you what they want they, 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 are, they want to have products made that they want to purchase. This is a fact. And I love pulling on the restaurant industry because when you go to a restaurant, there's a menu and you get to choose what you want. And then the kitchen goes and they cook and they prepare what you want 
to eat it. You you order what you want before you get it. I actually remember I was in at a fine dining restaurant in Guangzhou, China, with an Italian chef, my really good friend Rob and and Jace, and we were there, and the chef came to see us, and and Rob said, you know, I'm sorry, I just I really wanted risotto tonight, and the chef said, you want risotto, sir, and and Rob said, yeah, you know, I, I really want risotto. And the chef said, then I'll get you a risotto. And he went and made that for Rob because he knew that was a meaningful experience for Rob. That's the product he wanted. That's the good. That's what he wanted to eat that night. And he had the ability to provide it and sell it. I'll give another restaurant example because I, I love it. I was a Chinese. I used to work at a Chinese restaurant called Joyce's in Vermont. Great restaurant. Fantastic food. And I remember there was the secret menu. And the secret menu basically was if you knew Chinese food, you could go in and order anything you wanted and they would provide it and they would do that for you. When you're creating a product category or a series of goods, it's very much the same thing. You have to ask your customers what they want and give them the opportunity to buy whatever they want within your scope, within what you're offering as a business. So is Ford all of a sudden going to start making socks and competing with Stance because they think that's a big industry? Well, probably not. They're probably going to focus on what, what do people want in the car space? What are they trying to be? But it would probably be in their best interest to be aware of everything that's happening in the EV space, in the autonomous vehicles, in the alternate modes of transportation. I mean, let's be honest, maybe one day we won't be driving on the road and everything will be flying. Ford should probably be paying attention to that and saying, hey, we have all these manufacturing capabilities. We have all these distribution centers. How can we be best utilizing these things to to not only get more customers, but make sure we retain our customers and grow our business with their needs over time. So what are some practical things you can do today? Well, we spoke about surveying. Surveying is a really, really easy thing to do. It can be as complex with focus groups and there's whole companies and um, entities and services out there that revolve around just surveying people and getting you feedback either online or in person or however it happens. For big businesses, that's usually what they do. They hire these research firms and they go get all the data that they think they want. It's important to know that you're going to get the data you measure. And so sometimes you want to be very general and and see where the conversation takes you. Because if you only focus, let's say you're Ford, and you say, I only want to focus on what kind of horsepower they want in their F-150 trucks. You might miss the whole EV conversation. And so you might need to say, what kind of vehicle are you looking for? I'm looking for a truck. And the response may be, I'm looking for a truck, but we also want an EV, an electric vehicle to commute around town. And you might say... Have you ever considered having a truck that wasn't EV? Oh, no, that's not possible. The technology is not there. And all of a sudden, you're Ford and you're saying, wait a second. People want an EV because it's cheaper and they don't want to put $200 in gas in their truck every week. And they're okay charging it overnight. I wonder if there's a way for us to do that. And Tesla comes out with a Cybertruck and you're like, wait a second. We can already do this. And you come out with the F-150 Lightning. It seems oversimplified, but that's really how it works. You have to... Not get so focused on the little niches, what you think that they want. And sometimes ask generic, big, high-level questions and ask the customer or the people being surveyed, 
in general. What, what do you think about this? And just try to get their feedback. And again, there's whole services that do this, but if you do it on your own, you want to ask details enough to help you make decisions, but not so specific that you're forcing your ideas into their responses. That would be a huge mistake and a huge failure. Number two, another easy way to do this is just to focus on the trends. Go to TikTok, go to Instagram, go to Facebook. TikTok's usually earlier. Go to that area and see what's happening. You'll see a lot of the up and coming trends, new companies, startups, uh, complaints. What are people talking about? That's a great way to get a lot of market research for nothing. Just spending time scrolling, looking at the hashtags, at the trends, at the key search, uh, the keywords, the searches, and understanding where economy, society, and your market is growing. And then there's a there's a third way, and this has actually been one of the most effective ways over time that has been more difficult since the start of COVID, but is really starting to come down, come back. And we're seeing a lot of customers that are applying this and that are anxiously waiting to apply this technique and this strategy. And I highly recommend you look into doing this, especially if you have an existing product offering. And um, it's something I've been doing for over 10 years and have launched hundreds of products doing going to trade shows. It's getting out of the country, out of state, out of your area, and going to trade shows where people are displaying the latest and greatest technology, what's new, what's different, what's happening. It used to be we could go to Canton Fair, can't yet, but in Canton Fair, we would have miles and miles of booths with new factories displaying new products, different things. We used to go to Global Sources events, we used to go to fashion shows. Um, I've recently been going to more packaging events in Mexico, in the U.S., to hardware trade shows. We're going to more events in Vietnam. And we do that to find vendors. And that's important to us. That's our primary activity. But we're also finding new ideas and new ways of solving products. And we're seeing the trends. If we go to a trade show and we see, hey, everyone is selling this good. I wonder why. I'll give you an example. Of, uh, before COVID, this was, I want to say, 2018, we were going to China. Uh, and at Canton Fair, many of the home good vendors were selling Instapot and Crock-Pots. Are you surprised? Does that make sense? That, yeah, all of a sudden, 2019, 2020, those products blew up and everyone loved them and had to have them? Well, we knew that was coming back in 2018, 2017, around there. Uh, another one that just seems silly, e-bikes. E-bikes, when you went to the bike show in Las Vegas in 2018, e-bikes were everything. There were people selling the luxury mountain bikes and um, all those different products. And th that was cool and we like that. But e-bikes was the star of the show. And what we're seeing today is e-bikes everywhere. And it makes sense. Highly effective way of transportation, cheap electricity, lots of fun, relatively inexpensive, cheaper than a car for most of the country if you can do it uh, year-round. Innovation. So if you were at the bike show in 2018, you knew, hey, e-bikes are coming. There's more manufacturers. There's more vendors. There's more people displaying their product. This is a trend. How do I get on it? And maybe you're saying, I don't want to sell e-bikes, but maybe you sell accessories that could go on bikes. And so if you're at that show, you'd be there for that industry anyways. So ultimately, there's three ways that you need to remember that you need to survey and get to know your customer better to be able to grow 
innovate and develop with them. Number one, survey them, ask them, literally just ask them the question. They will tell you. And the feedback might be brutally honest. And that's for you to take that and act upon it. If the feedback isn't good enough, you probably didn't ask the right questions. I love, Richie always says this, um, Richie Norton, my business partner, he goes, if you want a better answer, ask a better question. So if you're not getting the feedback you want in your surveys, it's that you're not asking good enough questions to, to be able to get the answers you need to make good decisions and act upon them. Number two is really to go and, and spend time on the internet, on the TikToks, on the Google, Instagram, Facebook, whatever the LinkedIn, LinkedIn's fabulous, by the way, don't, for business totally undervalued and underplayed, but to go and get their feedback and, and see what the trends are happening there. What are the popular hashtag? Google trends is a great place. What are people searching for? What are we looking at? What influencers are they following? Where, um, what concerns are they talking about? That's a great place to get immediate free information. And then lastly, really getting out of the country, out of your area, out of your zone and going to trade shows. And I'll add that to the trade shows. I didn't mention this. Sometimes going to trade shows and events that are not at all related to your industry are fantastic. You get amazing, amazing, amazing results because it, it opens your eyes to how other industries are addressing certain problems and you can pull that into your niche and your business. Uh, for example, we've learned how to, from the way, from the time where we did skateboards, we worked with a lot of bamboo and maple and different woods, and we were able to bring some of that technology and some of the way they do their work to when we were doing cutting boards. And so sometimes um, going to a trade show or an event that's not related, maybe it's close, it's nearby, it's, it's within your purview, or it's um, at the tail end of another event you're attending, might be worth going to just to get that different perspective. And again, the goal in all of this, the goal is really to know, follow, and track where your customers are going so you can constantly be addressing their needs. And if you're new and this is a new business, this applies to you. Go back and listen to the episode about knowing your customer avatar and apply that and get to know them. That way you can identify who they are and then you can say, where are they going and apply everything you've learned in this episode to that. And I promise you, you won't fade away and become irrelevant. Your customers want to buy. They want the solutions to their problems and they're willing to pay top dollar for it if you make it available. There's a wait list for the F-150. There's a wait list for the Cybertruck. There's a wait list for every Tesla vehicle. It's no surprise. It's what people want. There's more demand, not enough supply, more competition is coming, but it will take time because these companies were way ahead of the curve. Please go get your freebie, tfnmagret.com slash secret giveaway. You'll love it, and I'll catch you next week on the Product Guy Podcast.